goal is that missing piece? That, we that was him. almost like a soccer ball kick. <laughs> it's, that was it's very me. touching, wasn't it? Yeah. Good luck to you. You're a, a wonderful soul student and very grateful that you would share with us today. Well, we talk about science here, and <laughs> science is a, is a wonderful thing that has many uses. And I wanted to see if you could use science for other things than chemistry and physics and hydrogen cars. And in fact, I wanted to see if you could use science for something like fishing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fishing. Science fishing. Science fishing, <laughs> I like that. So here's the deal. Solis uh, Academy is headquartered in Kansas City, Missouri which is right in the center or the heart of the United States. So we can be close to all of our students, That's right? <laughs> and south of here in Missouri is a place called Branson, Missouri. It's a very interesting city. And right going through Branson is a long, narrow lake. It's, it's called a river lake because it's kind of narrow, but it's the water coming out of a great big reservoir. There's a 300-foot dam and water comes out of the bottom, and since it's so deep, when the water comes out, it's always about 56 degrees. In the winter, that's warm. In the summer, that's cool, but it's always 56 degrees. And that is the perfect temperature for trout. And trout are, as you know, a very, very amazing fish. So with this water coming out and going down this winding river, they brought trout to Missouri because normally the water in Missouri is too hot for trout. We can do bass and other kinds of fish. But with this cold water, they brought in the trout. And it turned out that with the climate and everything in Missouri, that the trout did really well in this lake. And I believe that Lake Tanicomo, because that's what it's called, is the best trout fishing lake in the world. Now, Tanicomo is an interesting name because Tanny is the name of the county where Branson is located. And Co is the abbreviation for a county, and Mo is the abbreviation for Missouri. Tanny Como. Get it? Lake Tanicomo. Easy to remember. I went fishing to Lake Tanicomo years ago with my five precious little daughters. <laughs> And you know, I grew up in the Rockies, so I know how to fish, fish for trout. I know how to catch trout. And so I took them down and said, okay, we're going to go catch trout. So we went out fishing. And where we were, there were quite a few fishermen around. We could see there in the distance. So we started fishing. And we fished and we fished for hours. And none of us got a bite. We didn't get any bites from the fish. And people around us were catching fish. <laughs> and uh, it, it was okay, though, until one of my daughters says, Daddy, are we ever going to get any fish? <laughs> I'm going to get you right and, there. <laughs> I said, yeah, we're, we're going to get some tomorrow. <laughs> so we went back to our little lodge where we were staying for the night, and I went down to the Main Street Trout Dock, and I said, Who's the best fishing guy on this <laughs> river? I need help. And he told me about a guy named Milo. And I called him up, and he agreed to meet me the next morning. And we went out in his little boat. And interestingly, 
He taught me something in the first five minutes that made all the difference in the world for me. Knowledge is a powerful thing. If you know, you can do it. If you don't, daddy, are we ever going to get it? <laughs> so the water coming out of, of this Table Rock Reservoir is so clear that the trout can see your fishing line. Trout have very good vision. And I'm used to fishing up in the Rockies where there's a lot of rapids and everything. They couldn't say anything because of all the rapids. And here I was with my 12-pound test line. That means you have to pull with 12 pounds force to break it. It's a big, fat string. He says, you can't use bigger than 4-pound test. And if you're really on a, on a day when the water's not moving much, maybe only a 2-pound test. Wow. Later that day, I went back to the girls, and we put some leader, just three feet of leader, on the end of our 12-pound test line, and we started getting bites immediately. So we learned something about science, and I learned that if you're gonna be good at things, you need to know what you're doing. And the best way to learn what you're doing is to find the best, most knowledgeable people in the world you can find. Now, down on Lake Tanicomo, and by the way, when they start letting the water through the dam to generate electricity, the Lake Tanicomo turns into the River Tanicomo, and then get really big currents. It's like a big river going down this little narrow channel. When they're not generating power, it's just a lake. And right on the side of Lake Tanicomo, there are some wonderful trout resorts. It's a great place to go. And one that we went to the year that I didn't get any bites the first day was a place called Lily's Landing. It's a wonderful little trout resort. And so, you know, I thought maybe I'll go back there and see if I can advance my science a little bit. I don't know how to describe how beautiful Lily's Landing is in Teddy Como. Maybe I'll just show you some film. That'd be easier. Take a look at this. <clears throat> that is the fisherman. Did you see that? <laughs> that fisherman, yeah. yeah. Okay, so now everybody knows about Lily's Landing yeah. and about Lake Tanicomo. Here's the drawers of all the different kinds of flies that you can fish with. <laughs> and here are all the boats lined up, and that's Lake Tanicomo, and a little boat coming in. So is everybody with me now? We're talking about center of the United States, Sellis Academy, uh -huh. and just uh -huh. a little bit south, Branson, Missouri, uh -huh. and right in Branson, this little river, or lake, is it a river? It's both. Yeah. Lake Tanicomo. It used to be the White River, and now it's Lake Tanicomo, and it is a wonderful place to fish. One of the reasons why I say it's such a good fishing place is they have their own fish hatchery, so there's a lot of fish there for a lot of people to catch, and yet they also have trophy fish, <laughs> great big ones that win prizes. And the combination of the different kinds of fishing, I think, is what makes it really a wonderful place. So now I wanted to get updated on the science of catching trout. 
And so, went back to Lily's Landing, and uh, man, was I surprised to find out that the grandkids of Lily's Landing are in the Saul's Academy. I know. Yeah. That was the best news ever. That's awesome. But I asked him, so, you know, who is the trout whisperer? Who knows really how to catch trout in Lake Tannicombo? Mm -hmm, and they said, well, there's a guy named Blake Wilson. Blake Wilson. Would Blake be willing to tell me and maybe some of our students about how to catch fish? And they said, would you like to meet him? Yes. This is Blake. Okay. This is the boat. Mm -hmm. And right there on the boat docks where I found him. <laughs> and there he is. He's the good looking one. Oh, I mean, cool. <laughs> yep. And, and this oh, is good. why he's the trout whisperer. Look at those. <laughs> beautiful fish he's caught. And so my idea is I've got these wonderful students and they're all going to become trout fishermen and they want to go right to the top, they want to do good. Would you be willing to teach us all the secrets, the scientific secrets of fishing? Now fish are smart. Trout are really, really smart. And in this lake we have mainly two kinds of trout. Rainbow trout, you hold them up and they look like mm -hmm. a rainbow on the yeah. side. Yeah. And German brown trout, they're spotted. The German brown trouts are very, very skittish. They, they're hard to catch. And I have to tell you that uh, if you catch a German brown trout in Lake Tanicomo, unless it's 20 inches long or longer, you, you have to let it go. You can't keep it. That's a big fish. That's a big fish. That's a big fish. I took Dr. John fishing in Lake Tanicomo, yeah. and he caught a German brown trout that was 19 inches long. Oh. The prettiest fish he will ever catch. <laughs> Pain. And he had to let it go. <laughs> but did he really catch it? He has no proof. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think he did. Okay, so we really need to get into the science of how do you catch these fish. We do. And I would like now to give a few minutes to our expert, our whisperer, okay. to Blake, to tell us how to catch fish in Tanicomo. So Phil and Dwayne came up with the idea that they wanted to create their own jig heads after using other companies' jig heads over lots of years. Mm -hmm. Dwayne started working on it, and he figured out that if you make one side of the head bigger than the other side, that the jig won't just fall straight, it will fall with an action. No. And cool. so that extra action as the jig is falling helps attract the fish versus it just, you know, sinking straight mm -hmm. down. So he designed so that's an invention here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Dwayne Doty, not only did he do that, he designed a locking ring right underneath the collar. Okay. It's just a small indention in the jig. And what that does is whenever you tie the feathers on, it allows them to lock into place. So a problem they had with other jig head companies whenever they ordered the jig heads to tie mm -hmm. on was that no matter what you did, the collar would slide down or the feathers would start coming out after a little bit of use. So he wanted a way to make a jig that you could slap on the water and that you could fish for a long time before having to replace it. But we send all of our molds that he created to a jig pourer and they pour all the lead and send the heads back to us. 
we paint all of the heads. We send out all of these jigs to local jig tires who tie them up and bring them back to the shop. So they're all kind of tied locally. So if we want to get a little bit bigger fish here, like the rainbow trout, what color would you suggest? Well, I can give you the colors that are always kind of the hot choice here. That's what we want. <laughs> we right. want the hot choice. My hot hands open here. <laughs> so this one is sculpin and peach. Okay, that sculpin, sculpin color. Peach. Yeah. What I was telling you about the, the yeah. natural fish that lives here called a sculpin. They're a, it's just a brown olive color, so that's what this is called is sculpin. So when we tie a jig, the dark side of the color always goes up, just like a bait, just like a fish. Yeah. Their, their tops are always darker and their bottoms mm -hmm. are always lighter. So you tie the feathers on in that way to imitate any type of bait fish that could be swimming around. So your striped sculpin here are on the bottom. So we want to fish this on the on bottom. On the bottom, or within the last two foot. A lot of the time, most of there. the trout you catch, especially during the daytime, are going to be in that last two foot from the bottom. Interesting. And that's why you use the drift rig and, you know, drag baits on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And the drift rigs are tied so that the weight is here, and then you've got enough space that that thing can raise up and be in that last kind of foot from the bottom. So you have to know where they're eating and what yeah. they're eating at that yeah. level yeah. and present I, it just if right. I'm out on the lake and I see a group of fish just barely touching the surface, I know that they're eating midges. And I know that they're up near the surface. So then I would get out a midge imitation. And this is like 50,000 different types Goodness. of midges. <laughs> That's a lot. So let's pick out a good midge or okay. two. All right. We're going to try all these. So midges are little insects. Oh, very small. So really to work these, you need a fly rod. Yes. Probably with weighted yeah, line. Ideally, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. But that. Oh, Whoa. And that's a size 16. That's kind of in the middle of the sizes. Okay, so that's not even as close to as small as they can be. Um, so can that pull a big fish? It, it could. Like yeah. I said, big fish will still eat the small insects, mm -hmm. though they once they've gotten larger, they will start attacking yes. things that are bigger. This is in the larva stage, and it, when a midge comes from the lake, it starts at the bottom as in its you know egg, mm -hmm. and then it starts to hatch, and as it rises through the water columns, it starts developing into a fly. And if it makes it out of the water, it flies off the surface. But this is the stage that they're in whenever they're like the last third water column from the top of the water. And that's what you would present if you saw a group of fish eating midges to that water column level within one to three feet. And you would attack those areas where you see the fish actively doing that. This is fun. So there's science to fishing, actually. So oh, do we want another color <laughs> yeah, of so this thing? Yeah, so go still. back to that. Mm -hmm. But this this doesn't need a fly rod. This can just go on a regular no, rod. Yeah. This is this is something that you can fish just off of a regular spin cast rod, and just work it like that. What kind of action do you that put color, on it? Black and white works well sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. But it has worked for me in the last two weeks really well. Right. So um, the fish kind of change their mind, don't they? And you know, and they all know. I'm just going to take an educated guess on it. It has to do with whatever type of bait that they're seeing. Okay. So if there's like a school of minnows that happen to have the same silhouette as that color there, and that's what they've seen in their area lately, then I believe that that's why I they see. change their mind on the colors okay. or something. Makes sense. And so other times, the color of a jig is just dependent on the silhouette that's being caused by the light and hitting the water and they, the colors of trout the way they see is in silhouettes and like the refraction of frames uh -huh. versus the way our eyes work and they can see a spectrum that is like 50,000 times greater than ours. 
I think that's how her eyes work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I see you very differently. <laughs> you know, and that's why trout can be so picky sometimes. Sometimes just the difference between catching a fish and not catching a fish is like having a red collar on that thing instead of a black collar. Oh, amazing. So how, what kind of action do you want to put on these? So like lately, I've found with this slow water that if you kind of use a little bit heavier of a jig and you let it all the way sink to the bottom, and then instead of giving it an upward pop and, you know, getting mm -hmm. that tail to flip, you kind of give a downward pop and just scoot the jig across the bottom. Hmm. That's been working better for me lately. And I, I think it's because the water's moving real slow and it's just imitating what looks like a little sculpin fish darting through the rocks. Now, are these painted this color or do you just find feathers that color? Well, we, we order the feathers mm -hmm. dyed that way. Oh, they're dyed. Yeah. Okay. Now, you actually create a lure, you personally, right? Yep. yep. Can you tell us about that? Okay, so good. Wayne took a long time to figure out how to put this together, but he created a sculpin imitation of what oh, a sculpin okay. fish looks like. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's the banded sculpin. Wow. Can you see that guy? And that is a 22 step process to create that. To create that? It is wow. all low pressure stippling. So if you look closely at this, all of this was painted on here. And you can see all the different layers of colors there by turning the gun all the way tight and, and blowing the paint in speckles. Really? All of the layers on this are all That's speckled amazing. on. And so obviously you use a template whenever you speckle the bands on and keep the black away from the rest of the lure. But yeah, that is 22 steps of speckling paint onto a lure. Wow. And uh, I don't know of any imitations out there that are even close to that realistic of a sculpin. So in the trout fishing world, um, if your jerkbait, if you were to pause it for a second, if it started floating or sinking too fast, the fish know that it's not real. So when you're targeting natural. trout, it needs to be, yeah, very natural. So he figured out a way to add the right amount of hooks and split rings to make it suspend. And, so when uh, you're not jerking it, it just, it just stays, stays right stays there, right in place. Yep. like a fish. Yep. Wow. Yep. So all of the signature series lures up here are designed with the proper amount of weight so that they suspend whenever you stop the loop. But there's one that's special. Yeah. I want to know about <laughs> the special So Dwayne took me under his wing and he started teaching me uh, how to do all of this. And mm -hmm. I helped him start painting these. And then this is the first one that I created, the first paint pattern. Oh, look how pretty that is. And that one's called the wow. Plum Stupid. Plum Stupid. So I, I named it. I was uh, the story behind it was one night we, me and some buddies were going night fishing, and I didn't have enough lures. So uh -huh. I went to the house real quick. The few hours I had left before we were going to go fishing, and I painted up a few of the ones that I wanted. And I I'd been wanting to try something that was purple and black and had some gold and you know some iridescent layers in it. It's beautiful. And so I painted up one real quick, and I didn't put clear coat or I didn't even put eyeballs on them. I just threw the hooks on and we took the fishing. <laughs> well, that night. That lure caught so many fish that they actually ripped the paint job off of it. And I oh said, that's goodness. just stupid. How good that works. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it's plum. Yeah, plum it's, is the, it, the purple. Plum is the base purple so it's yeah, stupid as how well it works. Yeah. Um, my, my. Primarily, it is more for night fishing. Uh -huh. I have found that um, other species of fish, like largemouth bass, um, do like that color during the day. But primarily, I designed it for fishing here at night. Wow. Are you selling very many of them? Yeah, yeah. Um, those three slots are supposed to be full. So right Plum now, Stupid, where, where can people buy this on the internet? Um, so the only place it's available is the Signature Series. All of these Signature Series lures are only available here at Lily's Landing. 
and you can order them from our website. So lilliesland.com. Yep. Wow. So would this be good to catch larger trophy fish maybe? Yes. Or? So mm -hmm. we, we use the jerk baits here to target the trophy fish. Okay. Mm -hmm. Once again, we talked about how kind of bigger fish will start eating bigger things. They don't want to work as hard to go catch thousand yeah. little midges to mm -hmm. fill their belly. So they start working towards finding things that will fill them up faster. And so a jerk bait is another way that we use to target those trophy fish. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to put this one back. Hey, I'm, I'm going to take this one home with me. Okay. <laughs> good. Well, can I ask you about the uh, fly fishing? Those little teeny flies that you, yeah, like you that gave us. Yeah, that you got. So they're so light, you can't put them on the end of the line and cast them. So how, right. what do you do about that? Right. So um, a fly rod is designed to cast the weight of the line. Okay. The string itself right. is weighted. See all these different numbers and letters that say weight forward, five weight, or, you know, uh, do I have anything that's not weight forward? Or like this one, 200 grain sink tip. Okay, all of these lines are designed for doing different things with a fly rod. But traditionally, a fly rod only casts the weight of the line. So if I was setting you up with a five weight fly rod right now, I would put weight forward, five weight okay. line. Let's, let's okay, let's put it, okay. But yeah, it's all about casting the weight of the line, not the weight of the lure. And so this is weight forward floating line. Okay. So most of the presentations that are going to happen with this type of line are going to be something underneath an indicator. In the fly fishing world, we call them indicators, not bobbers. Okay. okay. So. And so this might be a type of indicator that I would use if I was going to okay. an image. Okay. Or anything small, anything mm -hmm. that doesn't require me using a bunch of weight. And when I'm fly fishing, the smallest indicator I can get away with is what I get away with. And how far above the fly is that going to go? So if you were fishing your midge, mm -hmm. like I said, generally you're only fishing a midge like one to mm -hmm. maybe three foot deep at most. Okay, so somewhere, yeah. somewhere Something like that, huh? Right. Generally our scuds are more of a gray color or a tan color. And that is just about what they look like. Wow. So this is another fly that is used here all year round. It's something that you can always go to because the fish see enough of them that they're always eating them. Can we get two of those too? Yeah. If you ever want to know which one to use, look for the one that's like almost gone. <laughs> There's a lot of science in There's this, isn't there? There's a lot of science. It's really interesting. Different colors are important on different days, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Um, I can tell you like the white colors mm -hmm. that's been working lately pretty good but generally i fish white whenever it's a little bit cloudier mm -hmm. okay once and again then, kind of about the silhouette thing mm -hmm. um and trout are like almost the opposite of like if i was going bass fishing so a trout is like you use the lighter colors on a darker day and the darker colors on a lighter day so you have to know your fish yeah really. absolutely you really have to whereas uh, if i was fishing for a bass it'd be like the opposite mm -hmm. of that so now i've got some line but i don't have a pole yeah. Okay. And so we have ones ranging anywhere from a beginner who doesn't want to spend a lot of money, just wants to get out there and try it, or you can go and buy the Mercedes of fly rods. So you're going to have to tell me what you're in the market for today. Well, I do drive a Mercedes. I was going to say you have a Mercedes, <laughs> you have a Mercedes fly rod. And you're going to need a fly reel to go with it. Yep. Yeah. And, and maybe a trophy fish off the wall. <laughs> but. Oh, look what I bought. If you say it right, it's the same. Yeah, look, look what I bought. I bought. <laughs> right here, I actually have this on three of my fly rods. It's really so pretty. Five, 
That's pretty close to pretty close to set up unless you want to talk about the pink power worm. We we need to talk about yeah. pink power worms. Pink power worm we <laughs> have to. Yeah, we have to. They are a soft plastic bait that has a scent that's inlaid into the rubber. They come in long strips like this, but we don't fish them like that, okay? No. They come in sections. You can see that they're tapered skinny to fat, mm -hmm. skinny to fat, okay? So I always break it off kind of right there at that spot. I was kind of talking earlier about when the water's moving faster, we use bigger baits, heavier yep. baits. Mm -hmm. When the water's moving slower, you downsize, okay? Once again, the trout have good vision. If something looks too big or too unnatural, they won't eat it. Mm -hmm. So if the water was moving faster, I'd use it long like that. But since the water's moving slow today, we're gonna trim it down. I always keep the shape. So I'm gonna trim a little bit off the fat in here. It's a nice trimmer you have. And then a little bit off of this end until I get a piece that's about an inch, inch and a half long. Tapered fat to skinny. And you just take this jig head and you run it down the center of the worm until you get it to bend around the hook. Get around the bay, and then you straighten it up the back of the hook. I personally like these jig heads better because they have a little metal catch right there. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So that once you pull the worm on, it makes it hard for the fish to pull it back off. Mm -hmm. Because when you present this, if this worm slides back down the hook, then we'll need it. It has to be directly Perfect. up and down underneath the jig head, yeah. and it leaves that little skinny piece of tail at the end, something that moves around a little bit more. But that is a staple here on Lake Tannicoma. Huh? So uh, look yeah. at that fish right behind you. One of our guides oh, here has been a guide on the lake for a long time. That fish right there on the pink power worm. That wow. is the Missouri state record is 40.4 pounds. It's big. And it was, when it was caught, is the second biggest brown trout in the world. In the world. And it was caught on the Berkeley pink power worm. Okay. This little guy right here. <laughs> yep. And, and where would you fish this? Along the bank or so, low or uh, deep? Or? Generally, once again, wherever you're fishing, you're going to try to fish it within that last two foot of the bottom. The bottom. Mm -hmm. So if I'm fishing eight foot of water, I've probably got it set six to seven foot deep. If I'm fishing four foot of water, I've probably got it set about three. We'll have to oh, try this. We'll catch fish. Yeah. All right. So let me, yeah, I'll let me get a full set of these. Mm -hmm. So these down. are all the secret tricks and baits. Yep. Got it. Yep, I'm not holding anything back. You're getting it all. <laughs> all right, so maybe we go try it a little bit, and then we come and check in with you again. Okay. How's that? Right. That sounds good. Oh, this is really fun. Very Thank fun. you. No problem. We appreciate it. Let's hear it for Blake Wilson. So it <clears throat> So now we know how to catch trophy fish <laughs> and maybe some others. Uh-huh. Now, the science fair is going to be coming up again after the beginning of the year, so it's time to start thinking about your projects. You remember, the way we do science fair projects is we, we get an idea, we get a hypothesis, and then we create an experiment to test our hypothesis. And, of course, this is the science of fishing. That's right. Or fishing live, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I like that. Um, so I decided I wanted to do an experiment because one of the things I learned at Lily's Landing is about syringes. Syringes, you know, you pull this off and you got a nice big needle and okay. you give yourself, you don't give yourself a shot. <laughs> no, you don't. But they, they actually have these, these syringes there. Mm -hmm. 
and you use them in a very magical way. And I wanted to see if it makes any difference. Okay, so let me tell you about it. When you're fishing on the bottom of Lake Tanicomo, you take a big heavy lead weight and you throw it out there and the weight sinks to the bottom. And when it gets down to the very bottom, there's a, a layer of moss that is about a foot thick. And so it sinks down in the moss. Then you hook another piece of line that's about 18 inches long and then you, and your hook. Now, if you put one of the best baits that always works for catching fish is night crawlers, also known as worms, okay? <laughs> if you put a worm on your hook and you cast it down there, the sinker goes down into the moss and then the worm goes down in the moss too. And the fish may be able to find it, but it's pretty hard because there's all that layer of moss. So before you cast, you inject the worm with air. And the little bends and that on your hook, he's there and he's filled up with air and it makes the worm float up. So the sinker is down on the bottom, but the worm's up right where the fish are looking for the food. Now my hypothesis is if they can find it, they're gonna bite more. <laughs> to make this a valid experiment though, it's imperative that you do not tell Peugeot about the secret. <laughs> So she is going to test the airless method, and we're going to test the worm method, okay? So let's go give our experiment a try. There we go. We're going to go try it. Now, which one is you? Oh, yeah. I'm on that the one right there. It says yeah. Acellus right Right, on. right. <laughs> You're being very social, emotional, yeah, stable I'm at this point. I'm getting ready to mm -hmm. be, um, be nice. And we're backing out. Now this is right, see this is a drone shot, and this is right before the drone went in the trees. <laughs> that was a scary moment. And then it, flied out of the, it flew mm -hmm. out of the trees. Way to go drone guys. <laughs> we almost lost one. We did. <laughs> so this is a pontoon boat, and we're going out. Oh, there's oh, the captain. Oh, look at that captain right yeah. there. He knows uh -huh. where the fishing is. Okay, are. so now we're out where we're ready to fish. There's a little bit of water flowing, so we're we're going to throw that line out there with a big weight, and then it's going to be drug across the bottom as we fish. And we have one fisherman on the right and one fisher person on the left. <laughs> and the idea is one is going to pump up the worms yeah. and what isn't. Will there be any difference in the results? This is where the worm was not being pumped up. Here the worm, see that big weight? Now the worm is being pumped up, we're casting out, and we're now starting to collect data. And I didn't oh, know oh, what, oh, see? Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. The inflated worm has done its dance. <laughs> Check it out. Uh-huh. Oh, a beautiful, beautiful little rainbow trout. Yeah. Isn't that great? But you know, just one data point isn't enough to draw conclusions. Let's there keep fishing. There Did you see it. that nice form? And there's another cast. Oh, oh. I think she. No. That juicy what, plum wasn't her. Form. Oh, look, it's a bigger one. Oh yeah, isn't that pretty? Rainbow trout put it Are in the little tank. Are you not feeling guilty? Oh, what? No. <laughs> and there we go again, and again, and again. Fishing is going good. 
Are you not feeling guilty at this point? No. <laughs> no. Oh, look, we got another one. <laughs> no guilt. Oh, and yet another fish. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Inflated worms uh -huh. are all the rage. And there's my... And here's her catch. <laughs> this is her live well. <laughs> and that was her social-emotional look. <laughs> Okay, See, so this is, me asking. this is where she says, so what are you doing? So <laughs> this is where we explain, oh. you know, you put a little bit of air in the worms, you know, and then they get up out of the moss, the science of fishing, and what happens with a little bit of air? Oh, yes. I catch one. Yes. <laughs> Bravo. Now, the best part's still coming. <laughs> oh, there it is. A low fish. <laughs> Did you kiss it? Almost. Almost. I wanted to. <laughs> All right. So there's my well, and you Look, saw her. And now we say okay. goodbye. So the moral of the story <laughs> is don't forget to shoot up air in your worms. Is that the moral? That or is, is there more? That is the scientific conclusion. <laughs> is there more? Okay. That's right. Don't. So fishing is something that is really a lot of fun. And all of you need to try it. Yes. It is really a thrill when... Your line's dragging. It feels like there's something there. But when a fish really bites, it's exciting. I love that exciting. feeling. Yeah, yep, I love really that works. I just happen to have a plum crazy. Laura here, can we get a top camera shot? Can you see this? Look this at that. This is plum crazy. And so up here stupid. are all of the midges and the flies. Look at those. It's really exciting to know that this particular plum crazy was hand-painted by our very own Blake. I can't believe he called a plum stupid. Well, it's just stupid they would bite somebody. <laughs> you know, I don't know if Why it would he do that? But it is really pretty. And it I, is very pretty. Mm, I think it's really exciting that we met the guy that actually invented this. And it's what he really invented was the little paint job. He also took one of the hooks off. Some of these usually have two to get just the right weight so it wouldn't... Uh, sink when you stop drawing it in. That's kind oh. of fun. Okay, now there's one more thing that I want to tell you about trout fishing that I think is really fun. And I learned this when I hired Milo, the, the fishing guide, the first time. We went out and we caught the fish, and after you catch them, you're ready to take them home and, and fry them up for breakfast, you have to clean them. So you cut them open and clean out all of the innards. But then he did a trick that I thought was really amazing. Milo just took the fish's head and he just pulled the skin off like he was taking a sweater off someone. I mean, you should try that when you go fishing. You just pull the skin off. And if it's been sitting too long, it's a little harder. Let's show it. Okay. Okay. Like this. So here we are. We got the fish. And we're going to clean them. You should all know how to clean them. So you just kind of... Have a sharp knife, mm -hmm. and then you find the magic of what makes them swim so good. Yeah, it's amazing. And remove actually. it, and we feed this actually to the fish out on the lake, yeah, like that. But then we're getting ready for the part where we remove the shirt. Can you oh, see how that. that's just pulling off? This comes Isn't right that on. crazy? Mm -hmm. And it's even easier if you did a little bit earlier than I did. Okay. So. Off it comes. Look at that. So now you have a skinned fish, wow. which is really kind of fun. 
There's also a blood vessel right up in the top of the fish. You guys need to know how to get that out. You stick your thumb and just run it up there and clean out the blood vessel. Yeah, wash it all out. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty nice fish to clean that. They are delicious. They are delicious. Everybody should go fishing. And remember, it's a proven fact that the time you spend fishing does not count off your life. Yeah? <laughs> well, let's just do it a lot then. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful yeah, out there. It's really a lot of fun. It's so beautiful. So when you come to visit Missouri, mm -hmm. check out Branson. By the way, there's a lot of, of theaters where they have live shows and tourist attractions have beautiful aquarium. They have a, a butterfly uh, exhibit that has thousands of live butterflies. A lot of beautiful, it's a beautiful place to visit. So, there you have it. So this very unusual edition of Science Live, I hope you enjoyed. I hope that if you are fishermen, this all really felt good to you. And if you weren't, I hope by now you are. That's right. Fishing is really a wonderful thing. And, uh, you know, the um, thing that always amazes me, uh, wildlife, fish, uh, how could those creatures be able to swim the way they do and, and the way they survive? And it's, it's just beautiful. And their markings. I, I always uh, am in complete awe of the beauty of nature when I go do things like this. And sometimes it's just really good to slow down and to, you know, reboot. It's kind of like the fish are teaching a social-emotional lesson. <laughs> fishing is everywhere. It's great at Lake Tanicomo, but we have fishing anywhere. Not all places have trout, unless you have cold water, usually places that have mountains or, or they have natural stream, uh, springs coming up from the ground. But there's fishing everywhere, and you should try it. It's a wonderful thing. And do your homework. Learn how to do it, and you'll have a lot more fun. And your kids won't say, are we ever going to catch them? <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. <clears throat>